Welcome back. Another episode of And Another Thing. My name is Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. And we have an action-packed show for you today. Tony, you've outdone yourself with this guest, and we'll be getting to him shortly. I want to give a quick shout-out to a loyal subscriber, Mike Stiff, who listens to our show all the time. He's a big fan, and we appreciate his loyalty to the program and he's a very Thanks, Mike. he has a very astute mind when it comes to policies and politics so i've had some good chats with him in the past but uh definitely oh good thanks to mike for that and quickly tony i know that last week when we had pierre on that show has just exploded uh tons of people have listened to it we got lots of feedback but man did it ever bring out some trolls on twitter some people that aren't big fans of of pierre and that uh that always entertains me. I like that stuff. Well, as you know, that's the price of public life, right? So I'm sure Pierre is used to it as, as I was used to it in the past as well. But uh, haters are going to hate, uh, particularly on Twitter. And uh, uh, knowing Pierre as I do and as you do, uh, I know he will still be forthright in his opinions. Absolutely. And I, I got a kick out of it because I, I often, I, mean, I think we both can tweet from the and another thing page, but Every time there was a, a negative comment, I always just wrote back, thanks for your support. Yeah. We, we couldn't be doing this without you. <laughs> I remember when, when I was door knocking uh, occasionally uh, as a candidate, and uh, if somebody was like, I'm never voting for you ever, I'd, I'd turn to my volunteer and say, put them down as undecided. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's a bit of a joke. but Nice. Uh, All right, well, don't worry. Gonna... I, knew, I knew when they weren't supporting me. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to let you introduce our guest today, and we're going to get right into the conversation. Yes, and another thing, podcast goes international yet again. We've had uh, visitors in our program from the U.S. of A., uh, our former ambassador, Dave Wilkins, as an example, and we've had uh, Daniel Hannon, who was a member of European Parliament representing the U.K. in the past, and now we're going to go down under sort of, a uh, great connection to Australia, uh, although uh, from uh, a U.S. end now. But my friend, uh, the former treasurer of Australia, Mr. Joe Hockey. Yes, Canadians, his last name is Hockey. How, how <laughs> much more honorary Canadian can you get than that? He's a former M member of parliament from North Sydney, and he was treasurer of Australia from 2013 to 2015. So when, when I was uh, Treasury Board President. Uh, he was uh, Treasurer of Australia, and he also most recently served as the Ambassador to the United States of America for Australia from 2016 to 2020. He is now the founder and president of Bondi Partners, a strategic consultancy in Washington, D.C., Sydney, Australia, and Los Angeles. He is speaking to us from D.C. Welcome, Joe Hockey. Tony and Jody, great to be with you. And lots of friends in Canada, by the way, with a name like mine. <laughs> I, you, ha you, uh, you are an honorary Canadian, i got to say. It's, uh, every Canadian politician used to love meeting with you just because of your name and your personality. I can say that as well. Well, and it was always great to go to Canada. I mean, I must have made a real impression the first time I was there because you named the Hall of Fame after me. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Touche. Great. Well, listen, um, uh, moving on to something slightly more serious. You've spent COVID mostly in Washington, D.C. So I got to ask right off the top, we will get to Australia, but tell us what it was like to be in Washington, D.C. during COVID. It was pretty eerie because normally the city is humming and uh, we lived near the National Cathedral and I uh, like riding my bike, ride it down to the mall and, uh, you know, I've been standing in front of uh, the Lincoln Memorial or the Washington Monument with absolutely no one, absolutely no one around in the middle of the day. And uh, it, I just, I wouldn't know how to imagine uh, and, and uh, a moment like that ever happening four months ago. Uh, what would cause that? Is it nuclear war or, or uh, you know, chemical war? I mean, it was just bizarre. Uh, and bright sunny day with no one around. And uh, it's still pretty much in lockdown until the June, June the 8th. Um, you know, they've just passed here in D.C. 700,000 people. Uh, they've just passed 8,000 cases and around 400 deaths. Uh, and in right. cases, that's more than the 26 people in Australia. So it was just uh, the lockdown was a real lockdown. It's not as if uh, you saw a lot of hustle and bustle and uh, not just in neighborhoods, but in national landmarks, uh, you know, of, of course, the Washington Mall and uh, uh, the Lincoln Memorial and uh, the Washington Monument, none of that. You, you wouldn't see anybody around that, eh? No, no, and it was, a, it was a ghost town. And to some degree, it still is. I mean, there are people out running now. Uh, right. The weather's improved a bit, but, uh, in, you know, Washington outside of the White House and, and perhaps even the Capitol has been just basically been, been uh, a ghost town. Now, uh, you, you referenced Australia, so let's get to Australia. And you're, of course, Australia, if I may say so, has been a success story. Uh, you know, the number of cases uh, you said was around... Uh, seven thousand was that right? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, even less. Yeah, and just and hundred and three deaths. Unbelievable. And of course, uh, in Canada, uh, it, it's we're we're uh, we've been more afflicted than them. I think we've had around eighty-eight thousand cases now, and uh, close to seven thousand deaths. So, uh, wow. uh, what do you attribute? the success of Australia in containing COVID-19? Well, as you know, we uh, had terrible bushfires and the government was heavily criticised for not reacting fast enough to what became a critical national emergency. And uh, the Prime Minister, as COVID started to emerge, uh, he wasn't going to let himself or the government fall behind in, in dealing with the issue as it arose. So they were well ahead of the game. And one of the first things they did was uh, close the borders to China, uh, which given that we had, uh, we have around 300,000 Chinese students studying in Australia, and a number of them go back to China for uh, Chinese New Year and then come back. Uh, it was a very controversial decision. Now, Chinese friends didn't like it at all, uh, but he was ahead of the game. 
and uh, particularly soon after uh, the government started closing all the other borders and, and effectively locked us down as Australia surrounded by water and it became a moat. New Zealand did exactly the same thing. In fact, right. New Zealand went harder than Australia uh, and uh, had virtually no cases. I mean, that's interesting because what you're saying is that the uh, massive fires that were consuming parts of Australia, and that was the big news story internationally in January, let's say, you know, that kind of spurred Scott Morrison, who's the Australian prime minister, to say, okay, uh, you know, we were caught a bit flat-footed with uh, the fires. We're not going to be caught with COVID. That was part of kind of his mentality. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And Australia was well prepared. And uh, also, it has a very integrated health system. Uh, yes. The private sector component, public sector component. Uh, but the individual you know, equivalent of provinces, our states, uh, they have very integrated public private sector systems. So, um, you know, the, the, the Premier of New South Wales, which covers Sydney, uh, she told me she was able in a couple of weeks to uh, know all the inventory uh, for all the uh, safety gear. Uh, ventilators, they were able to quickly prepare the hospitals and uh, and also, uh, you know, the Prime Minister formed a national cabinet, which was himself and all the premiers. Uh, so it was bipartisan and mm. they coordinated as much as you could coordinated across the whole country the response. Uh, so there was consistent rules right around the nation. You know, that is so different from uh, our experiences in Canada, if I may say so. First of all, this idea of bipartisanship. Um, uh, there were some calls, including by me, uh, that the Canadian government should bring in opposition leaders um, and integrate their uh, ideas into the COVID response. And that was quite frankly rejected by uh, the Canadian government, the Liberal government. And secondly, the closing of the borders, that, that became controversial in Canada because uh, people who were advocating uh, shutting down the flights from China and, and any other stricken areas were accused of racism. And so it, yeah. belatedly, the flights were stopped, but not, uh, not until a few weeks after Many other countries, including Australia, Taiwan, and as another case in point, Korea, and so on. So uh, I think once this is over, uh, if I may say so, we uh, because every country is going to look to what could be best practices and what we should do better. I hope that uh, Australia and New Zealand, for that matter, are looked at as uh, better examples of how to fight COVID than uh, what the Canadian government did. Jody, is, uh, do you have any comments on that too? No, I mean, I, the only thing I would say is that I think, I mean, I, I don't take anything away from you mentioned New Zealand and Australia, but, you know, they've got they're you know, they've got they're surrounded by it, it, I think it's easier to lock down places like New Zealand and Australia than it would be to lock down the entire country of Canada, for example. That's my yeah, opinion. no, that's fair. A lot of our cases came from the U.S. too. That's that's a very good point, and and should be mentioned that uh, in fact at, at one point the great majority of cases 
uh, were coming from travelers from the U.S., either Canadians returning, I guess it would be Canadians returning to Canada, uh, you know, once the uh, the outbreak was was evident. So uh, Australia did not have that problem. But you, as as uh, as our guest uh, Joe Hockey was saying, that, that there were hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of Chinese students that wanted to get back to Australia. Uh, to continue their courses, and Australia said, no, not quite yet, not quite now. So I'm sure that there is, you know, political debate about that as well. Would, would, is, is that fair fair to say, Joe? Oh, sure. I mean, it was, you know, um, and uh, Australia was leading the charge calling for uh, an international investigation into uh, how it all started. And, of course, there's been quite a brouhaha between the Chinese government Australian government, um, and uh, including China saying that uh, they can trick that trade. Uh, but we're very similar to Canada. Um, we, you know, our biggest trading partner, or your biggest trading partner by far is the United States. Our biggest trading partner is China. Uh, but, you know, our population and, and mix is quite similar. The difference is, as Jody says, that, uh, you know, you have, have one usual day, half a million people cross the border between the US and Canada. Now, we don't have that sort of flow. Uh, we have large numbers through airports, because we're a big tourist destination, but we're able to, to monitor and close. And, the, and at the end of the day, uh, one of the, the worst outbreaks came from the Australian government agreeing for cruise ships to mm. berth in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and that was highly controversial because... Uh, as the world started to close its ports, all the cruise ships started heading south and, uh, and New Zealand wouldn't have them and we agreed uh, for uh, some cruise ships to come aboard and they had a uh, you know, terrible outcome, uh, some bad results. Can I ask a little bit more about China then? Because obviously that's uh, for our Canadian listeners uh, Canada-China relations are now front and center once again, not only because of COVID, but because of the uh, court case involving Men Meng Wangju, who is uh, the chief financial officer of Huawei, and the United States is seeking extradition of her. And there was just a court ruling earlier this week indicating that that extradition hearing could, in fact, be pursued. So uh, a lot of Canadians are thinking about Canada-China, government of China relations, uh, and uh, and what the impact of that would be. And, of course, the Huawei decision uh, looms large in the political landscape here. Tell us about the, uh, about the situation between Australia and China. You mentioned, obviously, the uh, the uh, call by Australia for an investigation, but ge- generally, uh, uh, I guess there's a lot of irritants right now. Is that right? Well, there are a lot of irritants, uh, and uh, you know, in, look, let, let me just begin by saying that uh, I first went to China in 1977 when I was 12 years old. And uh, I've been travelling to China ever since. And I have witnessed the greatest transformation in the lives of the most number of people in the history of humanity. It's really quite extraordinary. And it is a great story, a great story. Uh, The the challenge is that the determination of Beijing and uh, the Communist Party to uh, retain control, to squash... Uh, any any diverse opinion 
uh, and to absolutely control the capitalism in their country uh, is not a sustainable platform. So in the same way that they will bully and intimidate their own people uh, in order to ensure that there is discipline, uh, they try to do the same in international relations. And uh, when the US defaults to that, the US fails. Uh, when China defaults to that, China fails. Uh, and Australia is not for bullying, even though China is by far our biggest trading partner, um, has more tourists come to Australia, and, uh, and you know, China is, uh, you know, strategically very important in the Asia region. Uh, we, we just don't do, we, we don't do bullies. We just don't do bullies. And, and so we stand up. And uh, that's a, a massive irritant for China, for Beijing. Uh, and, uh, and they make all sorts of threats. They won't see our ministers. They, uh, uh, they engage in, in, in intimidation and bullying diplomacy. And more so because we're very close to the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, now, They've just got to learn if they really do want to be a a, a respected global power. Uh, they're only going to get respect if they give respect and if they engage and not threaten. Uh, and, you know, Australia is not a threat to China. Uh, Canada is not a threat to China. But if they behave as if everyone is either uh, on their side or the other side, then they're going to run out of friends. Because most countries are not going to buy up to Chinese communism as an ideology for their future. Well, I think we're going to be, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion, uh, government to government and society to society on this, because the, the issues are not going away and the bullying is not going to go away. So uh, I think we're all going to have to deal with it uh, together, that's for sure. Uh, Jody, I'm going to pass the baton over to you. I know you've got some uh, sports-related questions and some other questions, so uh, have at our guest here. Well, actually, I was going to ask Joe. I have a friend of mine who's from Australia. He's a big golfer, and I want to ask you a little bit about golf. But uh, one of the things that I learned from chatting with him was a couple slang terms, and I just want to check and make sure that you're up to speed and you haven't lost your edge when it comes to knowing some Australian uh, slang or different words, I guess, for things that we might not recognize as Canadians. So is that, are you okay with that? Yeah, far away. Okay. So this one, I, this one's kind of, I mean, I, 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 I think it kind of makes sense as to what it is, but are you familiar with the term? If I said, let's go eat a chalky bicky. <laughs> Yes. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> I think it's just a chocolate that just biscuit. Means, yeah, that's right, like an Oreo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, the next one is, and this hopefully this one works for you too, who is the biggest Bruce you've ever met in politics? The biggest Bruce? Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Putin? <laughs> What's a Bruce? I don't know. I'm out of this. A Bruce? <laughs> A brute. Yeah. A, a brute. Okay. No, I thought it well, was like no, a some... Bruce. Isn't the slang where I want to know Bruce? Like apparently in the in Australia, if you say that guy's a complete Bruce, it just means like uh Oh like I'm sorry, I thought yeah. you said Bruce. No, Bruce, uh, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> uh like a dork. Like a like a dork, like a um oh, it's like saying a, a it's like saying a Karen in, in North America, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So who is oh the biggest? God. Who's the biggest Bruce you've ever met? Then, uh, you know, on the off chance that a few of my old colleagues might <laughs> listen to this podcast, <laughs> I want to remain diplomatic. <laughs> Fair enough. Been well, well played, well played. Okay, so on your Instagram, you got some great pics uh, with some very big leaders in the world, and I, I know Joe that, Hockey USA. Yeah, and I know that you said off air that you you played golf, and it's there with. Uh, Donald Trump. I mean, I think that's one that I'm interested. I'd love to hear what that was like and and what he's like from your perspective. Oh, look, I've always uh, got on well with Donald Trump. He um, he uh, has a very inquisitive mind, believe it or not. Uh, His public persona is quite different to his private persona. I mean, he was really engaging with me. Uh, We played golf on a number of occasions, and uh, he didn't cheat. He didn't cheat. Uh, he flies around the course. But let me tell you, with my golf game, uh, what made me most nervous was there were 26 Secret Service cars following him as he went around. Yeah. So if he gets ahead of you, uh, you know, it's highly likely that you're going to take out a member of the Secret Service. And from my knowledge, they, when you do that, they usually respond by taking you out. So I... Um, well, that was good. I, I played with Bill Clinton, who is really a fabulous human being. I mean, I, I like Bill Clinton a lot. And um, and he was a lot of fun, but it was a very, very long 18 holes. It was seven hours. Uh, he seven hours? To, yeah, yeah. And it, he has a tendency to want to play the same shot uh, a number of times. <laughs> a lot of mulligan, mulligans uh, in play. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there's quite a few mulligans who play, and uh, <laughs> it's such a such a great great guy, and I totally get why he is so popular as president. Um, and uh, you know, Greg Norman's a, a mate of mine, and I, I played with Greg Norman and a few other people, and uh, uh, it's it, you know, it's a great way to get out and about, get some fresh air, walk the course, and. Um, they, you know, have interesting conversations you wouldn't have in a more formal setting. How often do you get out to play golf in a in a typical year? You know, uh, once or twice a week. Oh, okay, good. That's great. We got to yeah. get you up here to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're always Sorry, welcome uh, in Ontario's golf courses with us, and Jody can set you up perfectly there. This is turning into the Golf Channel right now. I just want to make that point. But uh, <laughs> uh, now you're All you're a big revolve uh, around golf in Washington D.C. That's true. That's true. Now you're a big uh, rugby fan too. I guess Aussie rugby uh, is 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 it hard to watch that sport when you're in in D.C. or or are there ways to watch it? Well. You know what? Uh, because Australia is opening up now, the I woke up this morning, uh, turned on the television set, and uh, on Fox Sports 1, they had the first rugby game in the Australian season, live. And it's you'd only ever broadcast that in the United States because you had absolutely nothing else to broadcast. <laughs> uh, I, I watched was, on Sunday the Bundesliga, uh, the, the Bundesliga oh, football oh, from yeah. German football on Sunday, yeah. so I know, know what you mean. We're, we're all scout, scouting around for something to watch. But there you go. Exactly. It could, it could really catch on. Table tennis, really exciting, and, and pop black <laughs> with snooker. Yeah, it's that's going right. to be the most exciting thing on TV. But, you know, I, I, I mean, you mentioned hockey. Uh, my uh, now 10-year-old son... 
uh, came to America. And, of course, before my children came four and a half years ago, they'd never seen snow. So he was six. And uh, he came and he thought, this hockey looks interesting. And he, and he taught himself to skate and started to go to class. And uh, he won two trophies in winning teams in ice hockey. And, uh, uh, of course, we went and saw the Caps. And the first time we went and saw the Caps, the owner of the Caps uh, looked at me and he said, is your name really Joe Hockey? And I said, absolutely. He said, well, you better go and get a Caps jersey. So I went to the shop. I said, can I buy a Caps jersey? I said, yeah. Got the red jersey and, um, uh, and handed over my credit card. And the woman looked at it and she handed it back to me. She said, it's a fraudulent card. I said, why? She said, it's got Joe Hockey on it. I said, it's a real card. This is my real name. <laughs> And she yelled out to the whole shop, oh, my God, we got a Joe Hockey here. <laughs> he wants to buy a jersey. So, so you're, you're an honorary hockey fan in the, for the Caps there. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and they're winners. They won when we were here. I'm a Stanley huge. Cup, including uh, yeah. they had an Australian in the team uh, oh, really? who uh, got a butt goal. Oh, a butt goal. Oh, in, yes, in yes, yes. I remember so, that. I remember that. Nathan yeah. Walker. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah, huge hilarious. Ovechkin fan. So that was, uh, that was, uh, hey, Joe. Well, while... We call him over chicken in our house. Over <laughs> chicken. <laughs> okay. While we have you on here, I know we got to wrap up here quickly, but I want to uh, do a little segment that we'll call, uh, stereotypes. And I'm going to ask you some questions and you, you answer it there. And just so you know, these questions are flat out stereotypes of Australian culture. So if you're offended in any way, just hang up the phone. Um, (laughs) Has a dingo ever ate your baby? (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) Okay. Has, have you ever put a shrimp on the Barbie? Yes, of course. Okay. Um, Of course, that's a prawn. (laughs) What do you call them over here? Shrimps. Yeah, shrimps. Shrimp. Yeah. We call them prawns. Uh, have you have you ever cracked open a cold can of Fosters? Well, Fosters is yesterday's beer in Australia. Oh, okay. But you know what I'm doing? Uh-huh. I'm standing by Corona. I'm standing by Corona. <laughs> I only have Corona in the house. Well, not <laughs> hopefully not. You can get tested for that. I think. By the way, so yeah, um, that's right. Oh yeah. Well, well, all all Canadian my- beer tastes like cold tea. <laughs> And have you, uh, you tell me? Have, have you ever have you ever pulled out a knife and said that's not a knife, this is a knife? No, no. But <laughs> I did prosecute Paul Hogan for not paying his taxes in Australia. Oh. Did you really? Yeah, absolutely. He had a big tax bill. He, <laughs> he uh, and then you know, yeah, he he wasn't very happy with me about it. <laughs> so you're not going to be invited over to do uh, any uh, uh, crocodile wrestling or anything? No, no, no. Well, I actually did have a, a, a cattle property in northern Australia, and we did have a little problem with crocodiles at one stage because hmm. they like eating the cattle. So uh, wow, I, I, I sadly didn't get any crocodile boots. I should have. Oh, jeez, that's wild. 
Well, this podcast has really devolved uh, <laughs> into something. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, it's taken a taken a turn I did not expect. But uh, I just want to thank Joe Hockey, our guest, a former MP, former treasurer, former Australian ambassador, and now president uh, and uh, founder of Bondi. It's great to have you on the program, Joe. You're always welcome back for sure. Thanks, guys, and thanks to all my great friends in Canada. Uh, we're kindred spirits. We're mates and. I always uh, look forward to heading up there. Joe, Absolutely. You're always welcome. Joe, eat a chalky bicky for me today. <laughs> I've had too many over the years, buddy. A <laughs> lot of fun there. How long have you, yeah. known, how long have you known him? Uh, probably uh, actually quite a while uh, before he was treasurer. So I'd, I'd say at least seven or eight years for sure. Wow. No, he's a good guy. And that was like, he had no problem with any of the questions. And Stephen Lecce, if you're listening, you know, you, you take note, take note. <laughs> take all right. Notes. I'm going to tag, uh, we, won't, we won't go over that. I'm going to tag Stephen in this actually, when we post this podcast. Uh, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Because, uh, hey, can I do a one shout out? Because we, we are called in another thing. And, uh, I got this from another podcast, but, uh, we got to do a happy birthday to Pac-Man, which is 40 years old. Uh, yeah, I saw you posted been, something about that. That's, yeah, yeah. And did, you saw how much Pac-Man has made in 40 yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, it blew me away. $14 billion. That's a lot of quarters. Yeah, I was never really... I mean, I was I was never really a huge Pac-Man guy, um, but I always enjoyed... I, I, I always remember, like, back in the day, there'd be those... Some restaurants would have those tabletop. Like, you could sit and have, yeah. your, have your lunch and play a video game. But I, yeah, I, that's I, right. yeah, but I, uh, I was more like, I, I really got into like games when it was like Mortal Kombat and, and stuff like that. Probably the nineties. Oh that's, yeah. Okay. That's well, what you're I was, next generation. Yeah, well, that's, I, I was, yeah. I was uh, doing asteroids and Pac-Man and, uh, uh Galaga and, uh, the, the old school console ones. Centipede. <laughs> Centipede. That's right. Frogger. Yeah. Don't forget Frogger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, I remember right. it was Donkey Kong. I like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Donkey yeah. Kong no, was that, that's, uh. Okay, people are going okay, boomer now. So <laughs> anyway, well, that was a, that was a fun show. We have lots uh, lots of great guests. We got some great up. guests coming up. Yeah. Uh, I just I put a little teaser. Uh, you know, we're we're an eclectic show. I hope I hope our audience uh, enjoys how eclectic we are. But we've got uh, we got a pollster coming up, and then we've got the huntress coming up too. So uh, stay tuned. Speaking of pollsters, and I don't think this poll will have. Um, changed much by the time this show drops, which is in a couple of days. But, uh, or sorry, it's so weird doing this podcast. I mean, it drops in a couple of days when you're listening to it now. But anyway, from when we record yeah. to when we release. But anyway, a poll right. just came out that had the liberals at 51% support across the country. So, uh, yes, well, uh, we're in COVID politics now, which is going to change everything, and uh, other politicians have to adapt, and uh, I dare say will adapt. Yeah, and I, you know, one quick thing I was going to say, and I don't think this will turn into a long conversation, but I do notice that there's a big push from the conservative side of things about uh, the liberals. Um, you might know more details about this, but the liberals making a decision to not sit until September, and, and there's been some uh, yeah. columns like uh, liberals to can Can Canadians will govern without you, or the other part, whatever, but and I, I get what the opposition party, or sorry, the conservatives are saying, but I got to be honest, I don't no. think the majority yeah. of Canadians care about that stuff. So, 
They they do not yeah. until the liberals do do something controversial yes. and unpopular. Yeah. Then they'll care. Yeah. So right now it's not an issue, but it could be an issue in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll continue to watch that right from our vantage point here on And Another Thing. Yes, we will. <laughs> Stay tuned and uh, thanks for listening.